episode 13 with Maddie Fusaro. On today's podcast, Maddie and I dive into embracing uncertainty, the trap of comparison, and the impact of human connection. Maddie is a coach and YouTuber starting his informative channel all the way back in 2011. His motivations rooted in helping others transform their lives through training and nutrition as he was able to do for himself. If you love the episode and would like to support the podcast, I would ask for a review on iTunes and for you to screenshot the podcast episode and share it on your story. Be sure to tag me at Austin Current. Enjoy the conversation. So last time we, uh, last time we chatted, man, it was, it was a great phone call with like, with a multitude of different topics, honestly, and everything from kind of how you got started on YouTube, why you got started on YouTube down the rabbit holes of coaching and everything else. So, um, there, there were some things that I just wanted to kind of like rehash and kind of discuss, but first and foremost, like how, how have you been doing since that conversation? Good, man. You know, it's funny when you say the last time we spoke, which is also the first time we spoke. So it's right. crazy, to, right? Crazy. It's just yeah. like, it's, it's we amazing. We go back, like, we're high school buddies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is crazy, man. The fact that like, we've been following each other for so long and never, I like neither of us just decided like, let's reach out to one another and see how they're doing per, on a more personal level. But you know, the time came and that was an awesome conversation. I think we were talking for almost three hours. Yeah, it was a great evening. Um, my wife was like doing her thing. She had, she was reading a book. She was doing, um, you know, she's a writer and a photographer. So she was doing her thing. And yeah, I was just like, I had a free evening. And yeah, why don't we just, let's see how long this natural, like organic conversation can go. And yeah, it was just so good to catch up, I guess, on one meet for the first time, but catch up almost like, it's so weird. And we, we talked about this in the conversation of one, we wish more people did this, like not, not the podcast so much as like reach out, have a conversation. And I know you, I think you just, you know, you reached out to like Syat and had a, a good conversation with Jordan. Um, yeah, we just, that was almost out of nowhere too. I mean, we've always, again, kind of gone back and forth through DMs and whatnot, but he actually hit me up. We were DMing. It was like four in the morning and he was like, I, I replied to one he of his- He doesn't sleep, I yeah. don't think, yeah. <laughs> I replied to one of his Instagram stories and he's like, dude, what are you doing up? And I was like, if you're replying to me, what are you doing up? But he was actually on California times. So it was very different, but we were DMing a little bit and he just, he was like, yo, do you have five or 10 minutes for a phone call? And that was the first time we spoke on the phone. We ended up talking for about 20 minutes and it's just- He'll call it's you so in an cool. Uber, like it just randomly, you'll get a call. It's like calling Jordan Syatt. You're like, that's what he was doing. He was in an Uber. Where, where are you? Why are you calling me? He's like, yeah, I'm in an Uber, man. I'm like, sweet. What's up? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, but it, I, yeah. I do think more people need to be open to that kind of communication. You know, we spend so much time like virtually chatting through DM or through Facebook Messenger or YouTube comments. And it's nice to actually have, I guess, as face to face as we could be, you know, with technology, FaceTime, Skype. It's, it's cool to interact with other like-minded people. Yeah, it's incredible. Like I was on, so I had uh, Encima. Do you know who Encima is? I just saw on his Instagram story, he, I guess it was like a screenshot of you guys. You just had yeah. a, yeah. So we started a podcast yesterday and awesome. he's such a, such a fucking cool guy. And we've been connected just as long as you and I have been connected through social. And so dating back to what, it, what would have been 
really 2014, essentially, um, 2014, 2015. And essentially he, towards the end of that podcast, he post, he asked a question of, do you think that there's a problem or an issue with the way we're having conversations nowadays? Like, you know, to, to text or to DM, like to communicate. And there was, he's like, I think he was asking, do you think there's kind of side effects to that? Do you think there's problems with it? And my answer one was, I don't know, because I truthfully don't know. But as a whole, I think there's a lot of, so I'm, I'm, re- I'm finishing up uh, Deep Work by Cal Newport. Uh, so I'm reading that for the first time, which has been a a very recommended book. Um, so I'm, I'm finishing two of his books up. One is Digital Minimalism and two is Deep Work. And so you can catch a theme there that I've been very distracted by consumption. And I talked about that actually at the beginning of this year on my Instagram, going along with uh, Mike Vacanti's Create Over Consume and concept. And I, I felt like 2017, I did such a great job of creating. Now I consumed a fuck ton, but like I created a ton. I created more than I consumed, which I felt good about that. And in 2018, I consumed probably four times what I would have ever created in 20, 2018. And my really my promise to myself and I wish kind of put it out into the universe on my Instagram because that's the universe um, <laughs> t- uh, was to create more than I consume this year. And I, I think I've done so um, in the sense, but I think it's almost like a 51-49 split. Like I think it's close. And so I'm trying to like surround myself with these, whether it's podcasts, whether it's whether it's books and preferably books because books really – allow me to disconnect from distraction altogether. Like you're with a podcast, you can get distracted and not even, it's like having to reread that paragraph, but like even easier, you, you almost, and then you don't, you're less likely to rewind that 30, that 15 to 30 seconds than you are to reread the paragraph, um, in a book that you got distracted in. So books for me have been really good at keeping me away from my phone, um, I put my phone on airplane mode and I like throw it. Like I'll just like throw it. And I'm just like, I don't even know what I want to know where it went. I just don't, I don't want any part of it. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to feel it vibrate. I don't want to hear it go off. Uh, I just want to be consumed by this book. Um, and so th- anyways, very distracted there, but it's, um, those, those books. So deep work I've been reading by Cal Newport. And that was kind of my, thought process behind that question that Ansema posed of what do you think these these conversations we're having are kind of what are the side effects and my my thought process was mainly like the depth isn't there yeah 100% and I agree with what you said about first off the podcasts or audiobooks versus a physical book in the sense that we use audio as a way to consume content during like transitional times throughout our day. So we're cleaning the house, we're going for a walk, we're taking a shower and you can listen to that. But like you said, we're probably not listening or connecting on as deep of a level because we're doing other things. So we're not fully uh, paying attention to what we're consuming. 
So you might be getting great information, but the chances of you listening to a podcast with a notebook and taking notes on important points is pretty rare Slim compared to, to what, fucking yeah. none. Yes, like, compared to like a book yeah. where we have we have a pen, we have a highlighter, we have post-its, we're bookmarking pages. So there is a very big difference there. And like you said, create versus consume. We're in this era of just information overload. Everywhere we go, people are throwing information at us. We're constantly consuming. And I think it's important to go through phases like you explained. So spending some time consuming, spending some time creating. But then there's also, I really like what Gary V talked about documenting versus creating. Because a lot of times we get so focused on creating and sometimes our creativity isn't there. We're overthinking what we need to put out there. So for instance, I went through this for a very long time on YouTube. I wanted to create content, but what am I creating? Am I trying to make shit come out of nowhere as opposed to just documenting what's happening in my day? And then that mm -hmm. leads to more creativity. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's easy to get just get overwhelmed with trying to keep up with everyone else, trying to keep up with posting more content, which isn't necessarily always better. And there's two camps to that. You know the deal. The people who say post three to five times a day, every single day. And then the other person who might just post once a week and they say, I would rather put out one quality piece a week than just bombard people with shit every day. What's your So what's your motive behind the content, I think, is is kind of more of that driving force of... So if, if you're, this is the way I think about it. So if your reason for content and creation is obviously there's a, I think a, always a low level frequency of, I want to help people. Of course you do. Um, hopefully that's your motive at the end of the day, but there's this, I think there's a driving force of what are you putting out content for or creating for? And I think it's a mix between well, I'm trying to get reach. I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to be more out there. I'm trying to get more content in front of people, my name in front of people. Um, so the more content I can put out, the, the, the higher of chance of the shareability or virality of content can be, um, the more opportunity, the more at bats I get basically. And I think that's a really good way of growing. It could be a really good way of gaining a lot of traction and attention to you. Um, but you, you have to worry about the depth of what you're putting out because I think everything returns back to the depth of what you're putting out and what that means to other people and what that means to your bottom line of why you're putting it out. So I'll, I'll get to the point and say, like, if you're an affiliate marketer and you, you know, you make your money, uh, which I know a handful of people that don't, they don't really have what you'd categorize as like even a, a typical job, like obviously being an affiliate marketer is a job. Like you have to, you have to probably work harder and stress more than someone who has like a, even a mix between affiliate marketing and coaching or someone that's just a coach in our field. Right. Because if you know, your discount code usually gets used a couple hundred times a month, which indexes to being able to pay your rent, buy your groceries, you know, et cetera. Then what happens if you have an off month? What happens if you don't post three times a day? What happens if that discount code gets used, you know, 50 times instead of 300 times? Well, shit, now I can't pay my rent. That's a problem. Um, so your motive for creating content and putting out content is much different than, well, for you and I who are just looking to be coaches, well, what should we maybe just put out one or two posts a week that are incredibly valuable that 
the reach is a quarter of what it would have been maybe if we've been putting out content with all this attention, but we signed, you know, four times the clientele than we otherwise would have off that shallow. And I don't mean shallow as a negative term. I just mean shallow versus I'm using, cause I'm reading deep work and I, 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 I heavily relate to it in the sense of you have, you know, the kind of the shallow work and deep work is kind of how Cal Newport poses these things. And so you kind of have those shallow posts or shallow pieces of content that aren't really, that aren't really deep enough to, to really reach those, those clients that maybe you're trying to get those potential clients that are in your, in your audience. But no, I agree. And, and I think there, that's the thing. A lot of people are looking for what's right and wrong. And there, there is no right and wrong when it comes to creating content. You know, I know people who have tripled their Instagram following in a month from posting every day. And I know other people who their Instagram grows perfectly fine by posting once a week. I think like you said, it comes down to the motive. What's your reason for posting? Like, are you doing it just to fill that day slot? Like you said, you were going to post every day. So if it's 1150 at night and it's about to turn over a new day, do you feel the need to just post anything just to get something up there? You know, and then you have people who stress over algorithms and is my one post a week even going to get seen as opposed to if I post every day, my chances of reaching more people is higher. I mean, I think you just got to, you got to stand behind what you post, whether that's every day or whether that's once a week, like what's your reasoning for doing so? And sometimes, you know, for people like you and I, as, as coaches, you want to educate the client, you want to, or not even the client, the potential client, or even just the person who stumbles across your page, you want to educate, you want to maybe entertain. So maybe sharing a little bit about your personal life, you know, let people know who you are. So, you know, some people think that if you're a coach, you should only poach post educational content. I don't necessarily think that's the case, but well, that's like the professor that, that that's, so that that's kind of the argument I think where I pose, uh, the question or the, some of my best professors I've ever had our best teachers weren't the smartest of the, of the group. Um, now the smartest of the group were some of my worst professors. And so obviously there was some, there was some overlap of this person's really smart, but they happen to also be a great teacher. That's a great place to be if you're a person or someone that's wanting to educate. But at the end of the day, you have to just know enough and be relatable and be able to relay information in a, in a digestible way. Um, and so as long as I think you hit those, those two things, and also one really, one really, uh, big thing that Oh, we talked about this in our conversation, didn't we? We we talked about uh, who are you talking to? You're not teaching me anything. I was just going to bring that up. Yep. Like we're we're talking to people that need our help. You know, I'm not I'm not putting out content to try and educate you. You know, and if it happens to educate you, awesome. But I'm not putting out content to, to educate you. I'm I'm putting out content to educate the masses of people, the, the people that the 99% that go to the gym that still struggle and still are lost and still do just about everything wrong that they possibly could. (laughs) And they, they're upset about it. They're frustrated. They want help. They're plateauing. They're getting injured. They're, they're having issues. Um, and they're, they're feeling discouraged. They're wanting to give up on their fitness. And that's, that's not what we want as coaches, you and I, right? So 
I think it's remembering who you're talking to as well gives that a lot of merit. Yeah, we had a deep conversation about that. And I, I admit that I spent way too much tr time trying to impress my peers, the people who are in the industry already probably more educated than I am. And it's almost like you're using these fancy words and you're trying to throw science terms around when, you know, when you're really trying to help more people on a deeper level, keeping things simple is the way to go, you know, just back to basics. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, this came up yesterday too with Vincema. It was, and this is kind of a, the, uh, kind of a Gary V adage, I think, but no one gives a fuck, man. Like, and I, I mean that in the sense of Encima, it came up with Encima of no one really cares about your problems, like on the mass scale, like you could put out a post kind of diving into your problems, getting very vulnerable. There's a very small percentage of your following that truly is going to care. Like your wife will care. Your mom will care. Like the people important, like really close to you are going to care. They're going to, they're going to give, give a fuck. But at the end of the day, like the masses just, they got their own problems, man. And that's, that's the same thing with other people that you may be trying to impress that are on the same, maybe the same level as you, um, or, or maybe that they're coaches or maybe that coaches you look up to nine times out of 10, man, they're, they aren't going to care either. Like they're not even going to read what you put. So stop trying to impress people that aren't even reading your content. How about you start with people that are actually consuming it and, and create from there. And I'm speaking to my fucking self here too, because I, we all get in this trap. So it's not, it's, I'm not above that at all. So yeah, I'm more or less speaking to myself here and trying to not overthink, not overthink the, the ball game, but yeah, man, that's just, that's such a huge point that I think, uh, I don't know the demographic breakdown of who listens to this, but I would assume it's there's a handful of coaches on in the in the audience. And if that's you, man, stop creating for people you look up to. Stop creating for people that you think are your your rivals or your your you know even colleagues. Like create for people that want to consume your content. And I think that's a good transition of what we talked about too. Of stop thinking other people are your enemy in this. You're 100% right, dude. It's crazy. Just going back to creating for people who don't give a shit about <laughs> what you're saying. Honestly, like you said, like, if I make a video on this science topic trying to impress my sciencey friends and coaches, they probably already know this information. They're not going to take their time to watch it and consume it. And now I'm just confusing the beginner who just needs the more basic, easy to understand information. I mean, I remember for the longest time you would see people, and still to this day actually, they're throwing around words like, they're scared to use the word diet. Mm -hmm. They'll use the word movement because they think exercise is a bad word. Like it's okay to say the word exercise. You know what I mean? I think people were just like, they're omitting certain words to try and sound smarter. And it's just, it's not the way to go when you're really trying to help people. So. I'm hoping you, you say yes to this. Have you seen Friends? Do you watch Friends? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Um, that, that says a lot about you. But in terms of, in terms of like, uh, I'm going to use a, a Joey, Joey Tribbiani reference here and using the thesaurus, you know, when it, instead of saying uh, heart, it's, uh, what is it, throbbing aortic valve. And it's like, just say heart, bro. You're yeah. good. Like, just say heart. It's fine. <laughs> like, heart's good. Heart's a word, you know? Um, 
And heart is a very descriptive descriptive word for what you're trying to say. So I, you know, I, I use the friends. I, I like, um, I love friends, but in terms of like making things more complicated than they otherwise need to be to where you think you're extending your cause, you're actually maybe creating at a detriment. Um, and I think that is something that needs to be thought about, or at least considered when, when creating content or coming up with topics to educate people on. And this kind of goes back to, um, the way I kind of think about this is, you know, I don't like, uh, looking at YouTube, like Jeff Nippert mm -hmm. exploded, right. And he creates very, very valuable, very entertaining content. I don't consume a lot of his videos. Doesn't mean I wouldn't recommend them. I, I recommend them all the time. Like, yeah, I think Jeff actually just made a video on that, you know, just made a video on core training. Go watch it. It's great. Yeah, go watch the video. Um, but like for me to go in and to one of Jeff's videos, for example, like Jeff's not creating that for me. You know, like I don't go into Jeff's videos with a note, note like a pen and pad, like let me take notes on this. Like I know what he's talking. Like I've, I've done, I've studied that before. Like I've, I understand it. Um, so he's not creating it for me. He's creating it for the millions of people that consume his content who are not you and I. So I think using that as a great example. And if if Jeff started to create for his colleagues, there would be a, a massive fall off, I think, in his viewership and his his subscription. Um, so in terms of that, I mean, but I, I want to transition because like I think it I think it's really important too. Like one thing we did, we dove deeper into our last conversation was doing more collaborative work and and stop thinking that we are, we are enemies in this. Like, it's not, it's not Austin versus Maddie. Like it's, we're trying to help people and progress this industry forward. And someone else's success does not come at your own detriment. And I think that is such a big nugget to take home is other people's success do not come at your own detriment or the detriment of your own success. And so I think as, as soon as the first time you really experience this is, you know, maybe you're starting to find some success and then alongside you comes a colleague of yours or a friend or someone that's also experiencing immense success. And it's like, wow, we can both be successful at the same time and be helping people. And it's like, yeah, man, you can. How cool is that? And it's like, how about we more of us try and do that together? <laughs> yeah. I actually, I just made an Instagram post on this the other day saying that like, just because someone else is doing well and they're seeing success doesn't mean that they're taking something away from you. Yeah. You know, it's not, it doesn't have to be every man for themselves. Like we all have a business to build. We all have bills to pay. We all want to make money. We all want to have a greater reach and a bigger impact. But the more we can collaborate on these things, the more people we can help and people need to start realizing that and open their eyes to it. Like doing things on your own sometimes is just, it's not the only way to go. And And this goes back to, this was a few years ago when I was kind of in like that, we were talking about being creative on YouTube and I just hit this creative block and I had no idea where to go from there. And I was always the kind of person where I was, I wanted to do everything on my own with YouTube. I'm filming my own stuff. I'm editing my own stuff. Like no one knows how I like to do things. And one of my buddies, actually this kid, this was years ago, I met him in the gym. He came up to me, said he watches my channel, wanted to take a picture. And I gave him my phone number right there. Seemed like a really cool kid. 
Uh, fast forward to now, we're actually business partners for a media company, but he had said, I love your channel. I'd love to help out. He did media for actually he did commercial TV. And he was like, I'd love to just film some vlogs for you and edit them and see what you think. And at first I was like, it's cool, man. Like I got it. I can handle it. And then I was like, wait a second. I have someone out there who's, who's willing and just offering to help me because he genuinely cares and loves my content. And I'm turning him down. I was like, that is stupid. Yeah. Let him help. So I made, yeah. So I made a video called the need for collaboration and I swear when he came on board, man, it was like my content took a complete, it did a complete 180. I mean, first of all, the quality of the content and then having someone there with me to bounce ideas off of, like I, I didn't have to always try and think of what am I going to film today? He was just there to help me out. And yeah, it's just, well, I think we lost, we lose sight of, we lose sight of what we deem as it's hard to return back to where a, a place that you've once been, you know, like think of your journey with, uh, flexible dieting, for example, or counting macros or getting into the gym. Like it's really, really hard to return back. You know, we don't have a, a going log of, you know, a, a day by day journal or blog of, you know, and, and you to a degree have a, a huge backlog of content to go back and see what you were talking about back in 20, when did you get on YouTube? 20, 2011, 2011. So that's amazing. So you almost have a, you almost do have that log of going back to like, what the fuck was I talking about in 2011? How about I go back to 2011 content, watch some of it. What could I rehash that I was really struggling with there that I maybe would continue to help people today? Um, that maybe I haven't made a video on, or I haven't come at it from this angle before, um, or, you know, things that like that. So yeah, I think it's really hard though, because that's where other people really come in and, and really start to help the situation of, I don't remember what it was like and how can I truly make fucking that? How can I truly make content that's going to help people if I can't return back to a state of which I can truly consider what people need help more help with or what I, what I struggled with. And so having that outside, uh, input really does start to help that creation process, I think. Yeah, I think people struggle with making themselves a beginner again, remembering where you once started. Like we all gather all this information over the years, we read research and we're, we're able to coach people and help them, but we forget that we were once in their shoes and being able to go back to that place and say, if I was brand new to the gym or if I was new to the world of nutrition, like where would I look, where would I wanna start? And those are the people that we need to talk to. To this day, when I look at, you know, I still get YouTube comments come in and it's always the simple basic videos that people were thanking me for and saying, this video really helped me understand macros or whatever it is, you know? And then the more complicated topics, it's like people just like you said, they don't care because it's, it's my peers who would be interested if anything, but they already know the information. Yeah, and I think that's like where we see creators that just in our eyes were like, you keep making the same fucking videos every year over and over. And it's like, oh, why is that a bad thing? Okay, that's your that's your thing. Sometimes we let it get to us, man. I let it get to me so many times. Every time I would put out a video, people would say, this has been done a million times. This has been done. I'm like, you know, what? it, it might've been, but if you've seen it done- Not then- in your own voice, not to your audience, not the people that listen to you and respect you that, that wanna hear from you. 
They want to hear your input on that subject. And not only that, like, let's say I made, in 2011, I made a video on flexible dieting. And in 2014, I made a video on flexible dieting. And tomorrow I make a video on flexible dieting. Over the years, I've learned a lot more. But if someone comes to my channel and says, you've done this video before, it's been done before, then that person like, why would they watch it again? If they've yeah, seen me do it before, it's not for just, you, dude. It's exactly. <laughs> so, but, but a lot of times we let it get to our heads and, and I've been guilty of that myself. You know, people are telling me like, this has been done before. You're, you're copying other people or you're regurgitating this information. I'm like, then why are you here watching it? Because there's someone that needs to see it. Yeah. Then don't watch. Yeah. That's so I want to get into, um, the, the trap of comparison. And I think that's, one of the leading causes of a lot of stress and anxiety around what we do. And I say that because I'm speaking from experience. Like I, as much as I know better, I can fully admit to everyone listening that when I feel at my worst or most anxious or stressed, I'm comparing myself to other other people's situation. I'm comparing myself to other people's businesses, um, content, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, I'm comparing. And I, I, on the on the podcast with Emily, I we go over. Uh, she brought up a topic, or she brought up a, you know a, something that a mentor said to her, and it's just be like water. And how I took that was water has the very unique ability to be something that hydrates us, something that honestly we can't live without and something that makes up a very large and considerable portion of our own body and our own planet we live on. And so it's very nourishing, but at the same time, it's very damaging and what it can do. So like I, I gave the comparison to like the Grand Canyon that's quite that's quite a uh, expression of what water can do relative to not only hydrating and nourishing our bodies but being a huge what otherwise would be detriment to a landscape obviously it turned out to be a beautiful detriment but still like still like created quite a divot you know and um and so it's it's kind of returning back to going with the flow be like water and basically forge, maybe this is a reminder to forge a new path that otherwise would never have been there because the current path that the water was taking has been blunted. We have to find a new path. We start, we start to chip away at a new path. And over time, there's this new path that has emerged that is now this beautiful thing, but it wouldn't have happened unless something was standing in your way. And so obviously that, that was a little side tangent, but I, I think that's a powerful analogy. And I think that's a powerful thing to think about is letting go a bit and taking a step back, going with the flow a little bit more. And I'm relating that back to, this is what's helped me a lot with the comparison syndrome, essentially, of how do I stop just looking at everyone as this thing that I have to compare myself to and how do I take this not only as motivation to propel myself forward but how do I just take a step back man chill like be your own person and 
forge your own path. And that's kind of where that water analogy really starts to, to come into play. But yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to like, is, cause I know with YouTube, especially that comparison can be really tough and other social media, social media platforms. But for you, man, like what has been the biggest thing to help you through comparing yourself to, to other people and comparing your, comparing your work or your reach or your whatever to, to others? Dude, that's, it's been one of the biggest struggles, honestly. I actually really like, by the way, that, that whole quote and notion about water. It reminds me of, I'm sure, are you familiar with like the Bruce Lee quote? I'm sure I've heard it, but you can repeat so, it. I don't know, know the whole thing by heart, but he speaks about being like water and he says, you know, um, when you put water in a cup, it becomes the cup. When you put it in a bottle, it becomes the bottle. And it was just, it's whole thing about being assertive. Yeah. And yeah, it was really, really interesting. But I, I agreed your point a hundred percent. I think just about every single person out there struggles with comparison. It's just who's willing to admit it. And sometimes, like you said, you have to take a step back and is as, as cliche or as silly as it sounds like, look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself a couple of questions. Like, are you actually proud of what you've accomplished at this point in your life? Are you proud of what you've achieved through the hard work that you've put in? Are you proud of what you've become over the years? You know, you have to, and that's why I think it's important to maybe have a journal, a diary in any form, whether that's written, audio, video, like you have on YouTube, and be able to look back on what you've accomplished. Because sometimes we just yeah. forget. We go day to day, month to month, year to year. Yeah, and it's like, you might've done a lot of cool shit in your life. You might've helped a lot of people. And sometimes you need that reminder. I mean, as simple as going back through some old emails. I mean, you as a coach, I'm sure you've, you've been coaching for a long time. Go back three years and read, a, read an email from a client who you've helped change their life. You might, that just might be a blank space in your mind, but sometimes it goes, you know, just going back and reading that is, is a reminder of like, holy shit, like I have done some big things. And you know, maybe I don't have the, the fancy car or maybe I don't get to travel on a private jet, but none of that shit matters. It's like, I made an impact. And even if it was one person, that's all that matters. People are so worried. It's the numbers game for everyone. How many people did I reach? Who gives a shit? And it's like Gary Vee talked about, it's, it's depth over width. It doesn't matter how many people you're impacting. It's how much of an impact are you having? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I definitely remember Gary saying that. Yeah. And, and that stuck with me for probably the last like, four or five years, the depth over width thing. Could, because I've been, man, that, that sucked like to see, you see these periods of growth, right? With my YouTube channel early on, I saw this spike in growth and then it just falls off. And it's like, but I have to remember that I still was able to reach X amount of people. And it, it didn't matter how many I reached, it was the people who I connected with on a personal level. You know, maybe they watched my video, but then they found my email and emailed me personally saying my video helped them. So the view and the like didn't mean shit. It was the actual message that I got from them that showed me, okay, so this is reaching people. And if it's one person, that's fine. Yeah. That's cool. One thing that really helps me out, and this is something that I've, I've talked to a few different people about, but one thing that really helps me out is, is imagining those whatever platform you're on. Um, so it's a matter of, let's say, if you're on Instagram, it's a very relatable one in terms of likes or uh, views on a video, we'll say. So let's imagine that on your last video, you got a few thousand views. Okay. Grand scheme, like you're kind of, maybe you're disappointed that uh, I feel like it, you know, should have got a little more, you know, I feel like that metric should be higher. 
feel like more people should have saw this. Imagine 3,000 people in a room, in an audience, filling. So 3,000 people, you're going to fill, you're going to fill, um, I know like the Fillmore Auditorium here in Denver, which I've been to, um, I've been to a concert in that, at that venue before, or maybe the Summit, uh, the Summit Theater here in Denver, which holds 2,500 to 3,000 people. That was a lot of fucking people in there. Like I remember, that's a lot of people that, I, that we're, we're talking to those people. People are listening to us say what we need to say or what we want to say on the scale of what was in that auditorium that night. And I think we just lose, we lose sight, we lose perspective on how many people are actually listening and learning and being affected by your words, by your lessons, by your teachings, by your experience, how many people are being impacted by what you are putting out. And so if you have 500 people that follow you or listen to you or view your content, like imagine 500 people in front of you and then tell me how that makes you feel. Yeah, the problem is, is that it's fucking digital and people that don't- disconnect. Yep. It's true. Like that's, that's a true disconnect. They don't look at the view or the like as an individual. Yeah. They see a fucking, a double tap. Yeah. And they don't actually understand that that's another human being on the other side of that like or that view. And, and like you said, I mean, you're using numbers 3000 or 500, take 10 people, man. Right, like yeah, when people I, first I know start, you know, when, when out, people but... first start their YouTube channel and they're like, I only got 10 views. I'm like, that's fucking 10 strangers who have no idea who you are. If you were at a gym right now, 10 people would not listen to you. So the <laughs> exactly. fact that you could, 10 people are going to listen to you at all yep. is awesome, dude. Even, I mean, come on, let's be real, man. Three people, you're still a stranger to them and they're sitting there. They're like, wow, I'm just going to sit and watch this video of this stranger that I don't know because I like what they're saying. Imagine they, three Imagine three people right now, if you went to the gym today, imagine three people came up to you that saw you training or working out and asked what, what you know, to teach them a little bit more. What are you, what are you, what are you doing here? What is this exercise? What are you doing? Amazing. What's the purpose? <laughs> you'd feel great about that. You'd be like, you'd get home, tell your spouse, your girlfriend, um, or your partner of any kind. And you, you would just say like, you would never guess what happened at the gym today. Like I, I had a great, three great conversations with people that I've never met in my life that saw what I was doing and wanted to learn from me. How cool is that? You'd be ecstatic. But the fact that you get three views on a YouTube video or 50 views on an Instagram video, or whatever it is, whatever metric you're looking at, there's this complete disconnect of, of impact. Yeah, because the human element, just, just the human connection of actually speaking to someone or seeing them in person. I, I remember this was like, Quite a few months ago now, I was actually in the gym just doing deadlifts and I decided like, I'm gonna just turn on Instagram live. Like I really, it was a Friday night. I wasn't expecting anyone to join. I was like, it'd be cool if like a couple of people wanna hang out. Cause usually when I do a live, regardless of what I'm doing, I'll just field questions. So if I'm deadlifting and I take five minutes rest, I can answer a couple of questions. So I went on there and again, just to, just to throw numbers out there so people get the idea. I have about 40,000 followers on Instagram and I had about 20 people come on to that live event. I think most people would probably be frustrated with that knowing that they have a greater reach, but only, and I'm in quotes, only 20 people came on there to hang out. And then I just learned like, first of all, I've stopped posting on social media with expectations, which I used to do because I, I don't think I deserve a certain number of likes or viewers or 
people watching my content and I'm not gonna end, I've seen people do this, like they'll actually cancel or end a live stream because not enough people showed up. It's like taking down a post because in the first hour it didn't perform well. Exactly, yeah. and, and, and the way I was thinking about it was if one person wanted to come onto that live stream, well guess what, they get all of my attention. Yeah, you're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. It's like you, it's like what, um, what I love that Syed does, you know, like let me call this random fucking person that follows me and surprise them and talk to them for however long they want to talk. Let's answer I one question. That. And it's like, dude, that's the coolest thing ever. Like, and how much of an impact and life changing, like that could have been the pivotal moment in their life to get shit back on track. doesn't matter what you talk about. The fact that someone you look up to or you want to seek advice from is willing to take time out of their day to talk to you personally about something that you're struggling with or need help with, that could be the pivotal moment. And I've had, I've had these pivotal moments with other people that I've looked up to in the past. Like, you know, you, you, let's say you, you post a photo and you, on your story, you tag someone that you look up to and like, Hey, consuming this person's content, blah, blah, blah. That leads into a DM conversation. It's like, Hey man, I truly appreciate this. You know, and you, you really dive into more of a conversation. And then that leads into a phone conversation, which leads into maybe a few years down the road, you guys meet up for coffee. And it's like, this is the evolution of this human connection. This is the evolution of this, this really changing the way we, way we communicate and the way that we kind of nourish and build relationships. But returning back to, I really want to return to, I want to stay on the subject of, of expectations um, and really learning how to manage, manage your expectations. Um, it, something that's, I think, and Seema and I actually talked about this yesterday, was and, and then this is a Gary Vee thing as well, kind of aligning with the subject matter of what, we're, what we've been talking about is give without expectation. Like you're here to like, what is the point of you putting out the post to educate someone? Okay. So give without expectation, post it, expect nothing. And uh, in the past, I'm as I've thought more about this and dug deeper in, into who I am and what, like, what frustrates me, what agitates me. Okay. Why did that agitate me? Why am I frustrated at this? And it's because I had an expectation behind it. If I text someone and they don't text back or they don't, maybe they text back, but it's not what I wanted it to be. They didn't, it seemed like they were distracted when Otherwise I, I needed their attention or maybe they, I like poured my heart out and they sent like a one word response. And it's like, maybe that was a very sincere one word response, but I, I expected a lot you more. You expected something more. Yeah. And I, I, then I get, then I get frustrated and agitated. And then that really ruins, it starts to take a, a, a more of a systemic effect on my day and ultimately my week, my life, like as a whole. And it's like, what if I just stop expecting something? Like, like if I shot you a message? Okay, well, shot Maddie a message. I'm not really expecting anything. In terms of return, like hopefully he texts me back, but you know, if he doesn't, cool. And if, if he does, awesome, we're gonna have a good conversation. I'm good with that. I don't get frustrated. I don't get agitated by that thought. But if I go in with an expectation, and this is the same with social content, this is the same with putting out, putting out whatever into the world, um, and, and also social and just relationships in general is 
being able to kind of disconnect from this, this expectation. And I think managing expectations is huge. And this is something that's really played into my last year of kind of coming back from a, a dark place. And I think what really put me in that dark place was too many expectations. So, um, has that been something that you've, you've kind of discovered with yourself or have you kind of come across that? Yeah, I think that's amazing that you brought that up because people, I feel like people do everything expecting something in return. Yeah. Everything that they do, every post that they make. I mean, I told you I started, you know, posting in 2011 and we're talking daily. I was posting photos and videos and blogs and articles and sending email newsletters and having Skype calls with people for free. And a lot of people would do that with the expectation, especially let's say you're a coach, you're expecting to turn one of these conversations into a client. Like you can't always be expecting that. You have to just be willing to do shit because you actually want to do it because you actually give a shit about doing it. You know, when I started, I never posted content expecting to get a sponsor or a brand deal or make money off of it. Everything I did was purposeful to hopefully just make an impact on someone's life, not expecting anything in return. Nowadays with affiliate marketing, with brand deals, with all this other shit is like people are always expecting to get that that next deal, that sponsorship, to connect with this massive influencer. Like you just need to stop. Like if you want to be on social media and post valuable content, just do it because you want to, yeah. not because you need something in return. It's it's returning back to your why, I think, at the beginning of what was your purpose for starting. And for you, for example, like correct me if I'm wrong, but you you went on a a, a drastic weight loss journey of completely transforming your physique, your life, your everything to essentially what becomes who you are today. And that was your initial point of being on YouTube, correct? Yep. Yeah. So you just wanted to help people. You just wanted to reach someone, help someone with the same thing that you were going through. And I'll 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 be honest and say some of my best performing months as a coach in terms of signing clients and whatever else other projects we have going on are the ones that I go in with the only expectation is from myself to keep showing up and giving and expecting nothing in return. Those always, almost always come out to be the best performing months from a financial perspective or business perspective or looking at like numbers or trajectories or whatever else. Those tend to be the best ones. And it's because not only are they the best performing, but I feel the best. I ultimately, I ultimately feel the overall best with myself, with my content, with my business, with my impact, with my purpose, when I don't really, don't really expect anything in return, you know, like spending 30 minutes answering questions on a Q and A on my story, like that makes me feel really good at the end. And, you know, there's good days and there's bad days. Like I, I just had, I just had four really good days in a row. And then yesterday, like middle of the day, got in a real weird place, a real funk. And it lasted, I'm still kind of in it, but it, it kind of, it, it, it was really deep within really like noon to when I went to bed. I was just like, I can't shake this. I don't know what the, f like what's going on? Cause I just had like four days in a row where I'm just like, 
I feel really good, man. I, I feel calm. I feel at ease. I'm getting my work done. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to unravel or kind of reverse engineer what would have happened. And maybe nothing happened, or maybe I, I I'm not sure yet what, what went on. But I, I think getting lost in what was, I think we can get trapped and lost in what was yesterday for me instead of what was the previous four days for me, right? That's still a four to one ratio of good to bad. That's still really good in terms of like overall, if we break that down, that's, you know, that's going to be 16 good days to every four bad days. Like that's, and then you obviously can keep multiplying and, and changing that ratio up, but like grand scheme, like that's a pretty good ratio to have. So I think we get more caught up in, in the negatives of this expectation, this feedback. Um, and we let that truly dictate where we come from, from a mental state and from a, a direction and intent based in a state of putting out content. But yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, managing expectations has just made, made my life significantly less stressful and anxious ridden. Yeah. And, and I think like you were saying earlier, you know, if you can, if you could just give, whether it's your information, your time, any of that without the expectation, because like, think about it, giving doesn't cost you anything, doesn't cost you any money. And it just makes your life actually just feel more meaningful. So when you actually live a purpose driven life, you're going to be a much happier person. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times that's just helping other people. Like I tell people this all the time. I think this is one of the simplest things that one person can do that will make a massive difference, not only in your own level of happiness, but in the other person. So if someone asks you a question through a DM, they just text you a question. If you were to take 30 seconds to record a video reply, it would fucking change their day, their week, their month, maybe their year. I used because to do that in 2017 a, a lot and it, it made Dude, me feel really good. And I always, yeah. the responses were amazing. And I stopped doing it. I don't know why, but. Yeah, I, I, it's like, I, sometimes you just, you literally forget. It's just so <laughs> yeah. easy to, it's like a natural instinct to just, I'm just gonna write back. They texted me, I'll text them back. But I did this thing, this was, and again, I let, when we were talking about comparison earlier and all that, I let this get to me and I shouldn't have. And it's something I wanna bring back. Uh, about two and a half, three years ago, I was, I was hanging out, downport where I live. It was, it's kind of like by the water and it was raining outside. And I don't know what came over me, but I pulled my car over, took my phone out and started talking to my Instagram story. Uh, my Instagram, I made a post for Instagram and I said, the first words that came out of my mouth were, I'm going to call you. And then I just started rattling off. I said, I said that this year I want to make a bigger impact and help more people on a deeper level. So I want you to leave a comment down below and let me know what I can help you with. Tell me. Like, I saw that me. post. It, 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 you got a lot of good feedback on that it post. Was, like I loved it. And it was like, yeah. So, and, and we're talking a few years ago. And, and my only caveat was that I want to speak with someone who is okay and comfortable with being on Skype because I wanted to share the conversation on YouTube because I just felt like I'm not one of those people. I've never been one of the people who do things again with the expectation of getting a pat on the back. Mm, right, like yeah. I can have a lot of conversations in private and I don't have to share them with the world. I, I don't feel the need to do that. But I just felt like a lot of the people that were asking me these questions were younger people and I thought that our conversation can help mm -hmm. a lot of people. Yeah. So I ended up doing a YouTube 
show, I guess, called I'm Gonna Call You. And it was like a 20-minute Skype call with whoever wanted to call in. And I did three episodes. And it made me feel, I can't even explain how it made me feel. Because after the call was done, it was just, it, I developed a friendship with these people. And I got a lot of negative feedback on YouTube of people saying like, what is this shit? Like, this is stupid. And I'm like, yeah. and the sad part is, is I actually, like, I was convinced that it, it was a stupid idea. Because and the I, other people didn't like it. Yep. And I stopped doing some it. Some people didn't like it. Not all yeah. people, some. And, and complete, obviously, again, they're complete strangers. And like, for someone to hate on you genuinely going out of your way to help someone else, it never made sense to me. I don't get it. Yeah. But on the third episode, I believe it was, the like to dislike ratio completely just turned me off to doing it. It was, I believe there was like almost a hundred dislikes on the video. And it was literally me talking to someone who was asking questions about going into the Air Force because my oldest brother is a captain in the Air Force. So I thought that I can, I actually connected them to, I gave him my brother's email, like all this stuff trying to help this kid and the negative comments and the dislikes. And I was just like, why am I letting this get to me? And I, I haven't done that series since. Do you want to start it back up? Do you have hundred percent? Yeah, you have motivation yeah. to do that? I mean, maybe I'll change the format a little bit or how I do it, but yeah, I don't know why I let that shit get to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things I want to do, man. I've been saying I want to start a podcast up. It's just, it's just figuring out what I truly enjoy, what I want to do. Like we were talking about, you know, you have your times of consuming and creating, and I just spent way too much time in the last probably two years consuming, consuming, consuming. And I think it's time for me now to really get back to where I started and create and document and just put out information to help people. What do you think the first step? So to help people out, you know, if you're wanting, if you're listening, if you're wanting to create, if you're wanting to be, because Maddie has a, a, a large YouTube following and a, a considerable amount of people, you know, a large Instagram following, a, a large following in general. This doesn't have to be platform specific, but He's got a big reach. And so in terms of if, if you're in the audience, if you're listening to this and you're wanting to start something, if you're wanting to get on a platform, if you're wanting to start putting your word out there and helping people, I think it'd be valuable. Like, where do you think that first step is for you? And what does that look like in terms of getting that, that started again? For me personally? Yeah, yeah. Because I think that what your personal, people can take, take something away from that. Yeah, I mean... I guess it's just remembering why I started back in 2011. And a lot of it just has to do with, and this word gets thrown around a lot, but authenticity and being authentic to my true self. Like I know why I do what I do. I don't do it for likes and followers because when I started doing it, I mean, people do it from, like I've mentioned earlier, brand deals and sponsorships and money. And when I started this, I didn't know you can make money on YouTube. And in 2011, you couldn't make shit. Yeah. I did it because I genuinely wanted to help people. And I think for anyone who wants to, whether it's build an audience or make an impact, you have to truly show that you care. People are very good at looking right through you. Oh, people are great bullshit detectors, man. Yep. Oh yeah. That's why I'm very, like on my store, like I think this, so I, I've said this before, but I think podcast, like this is probably the rawest form of me. Like you and I, like this is just, this is the same thing we talk about on the phone with no recording. Like this is the rawest form of who I think I am and being able to, other than you like hanging out at my house, this is the rawest form of you get to you really fit and like know who I am a little bit more and hear me truly communicate and speak. But this is why like 
sometimes on my uh, on my Instagram story, like I'm not in a great mood like all the time. And sometimes I'm just very, I'm a very, I would say as a whole, like I'm quite unenthused from, from most things. It doesn't mean I'm unhappy. I, I'm, I'm a happy person. I, I just think I'm unenthused by a lot of things. Um, and I can't quite, and I used to try and do this. If you go back and watch old YouTube videos, I tried to be something I wasn't. I tried to be like this, you know, YouTuber, right? I tried to, this vlogger that was like putting on a personality. Um, and for me to go back and look at those is gut-wrenching. It's hard to I'm watch. just like, fuck, what was I <laughs> doing? Like, I'm, I can't even bear it to watch it. Um, but and that's like where you get on my Instagram story. Like sometimes I show up, I, I make jokes, like, you know, I'm, I'm lighthearted. I, I kind of answer things a certain way. And then other times, like, I may not smile at all. I mean, you know, it's just like, whatever, dude, like, this is my answer today. This is what you're getting. And that's fine, man, that people want to see the real you. Like it's, if you spend like that much time pretending to be someone you're not, especially like trying to be a YouTuber, trying to be a vlogger, you're, you're going to actually forget who you really are. Which is way more detrimental than, than anything <laughs> yeah. I think that you especially, could Especially, I mean, you never know who you might, it goes back to like people who, to Photoshop their pictures. Mm. And then you go to an expo and people are like, hey, you don't look the same in real life. Yeah. And the same goes for YouTube when you're putting on, I mean, granted, maybe you are acting to some degree just for entertainment value, but when you're com someone completely different on camera and on YouTube, and then you run into someone in real life and they realize that's not the real you, like that's not a good impression to leave. How often do you see that happen? I've seen it a few times. I would say for the most part, when I've watched people on YouTube and then I've been to expos and hung out with these people in real life, for the most part, they are who they are on camera. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten the opportunity to hang out with some of these people, but you do run into those few that are just, they're just different. It's like, man, like you are a very good actor. You should actually get paid a lot more to do this. Yeah. But I mean, that goes back to the authenticity and, and people putting on a mask for, for strangers that they don't know. And listen, man, like I would be a hypocrite if I said that I didn't sometimes seek validation from other people, which made me hide from my true self. You know, I wanted to prove myself to others. I wanted to fit in, but as I grew older and more mature and gained confidence, I realized that I really didn't need anyone else's approval, especially a stranger that I didn't know. And what ends up happening is it gets so exhausting creating that mask. And then you can't even, like I said, you can't recognize who you are. So you're ignoring your own intuition because you feel obligated to other people. You compromise your values or beliefs, and then you're really just lost. Because again, you're changing who you are just to impress people that you don't know. And then it takes years and years of self-reflection and realize what it means to actually be authentic and to understand that you don't need people's approval. You really don't. I mean, people, it doesn't matter who you are. I like to think I'm a pretty nice guy, but people form opinions of me. People criticize me. People talk shit to me. They try and bring me down. They write hateful comments. And these are people I've never met. I've never spoken with in my life. And this is just their perception of me. Or their insecurities and of themselves and yep. projecting. Or oftentimes they're projecting, yep, their insecurities. And it's hard to actually understand that though. Not everyone realizes that. And we spend 
we spend time and energy and emotion seeking approval of these people and we start changing our character just so we could fit in or get the like of these people and get their approval. And what effect and, does that have on the people that mean the most to you? Like the people that are actually showing up on a daily basis and, you know, like your wife, for example, like she met the real you and she married the real you. And if you continue to keep trying to change yourself or like the friends you have, like that, that best friend you always had or the, the best group of friends you've always had. And then you start to slowly change over time. It's not that you're, you know, evolving and progressing as a human is important, but changing who you are to impress people you've never met or will, will never meet, um, to come at a detriment of the, those who love you and, and do know you is very flawed. That's very flawed thinking. And I think that I think there's a biological, I don't think it's necessarily wrong. So this is the way I think about it. I think there's a biological drive that we have to seek validation from others. I think there's a low level, there's a level of biological drive we have from seeking approval of others around us. And that's thinking back maybe to the times where we were more in, more in tribes or more into small villages and you know, you were surrounded kind of that by that kind of that role of 100, 150 people community around you. And it's like, well, it's important you as a, if you were a leader of those communities, like you're, as, you're a leader of that community as long as you have the respect and admiration and yeah, the respect and admiration of those people around you to, to have you serve as their voice and leader. And you were kicked off the the leaderboard essentially as soon as you no longer fit the bill to do that and someone else took your place and so i think there is a level of biological drive that we have to seek validation and approval of others and i think it's just been taken the psychology of that i think has been taken to a scale in which our brains cannot comprehend because we've you know we've evolved around a very small number of people in terms of like looking at the the amount of time we've been able to communicate, whether it was with, you know, drawings or noises or the first words that were spoken or first languages that were invented, our short history of what we have now of trying to wrap our heads around our current dynamic and the current psychology around the effects that social, these social platforms are having. Because they're a, they're a huge driver of our businesses. And so we feel this huge load of responsibility, I do, to somewhat show up and somewhat keep growing and keep finding admiration and respect and likability from the people who choose to follow me. And I, I whether that's, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> it's kind of a skewed number because, you know, instead of it being 100, you know, like it's hundreds of thousands and that comes at almost i feel somewhat at a detriment to that responsibility of now i feel lo somewhat lost i guess to how do i show up for this many fucking people because I, you can't have it all these people are not going to like you out of the hundred people that you would have been around be it you lived in a completely different time and age of this planet or our evolution as as walking things the hundred people would not, not all hundred people would have liked you, man. Like you'd have, 
some wives, you know, or other, other males that wanted to take your place or like, ah, you know, I think he's kind of brash. I think he's kind of a dick. Um, you know, like there would have been a, a definite percentage of people that didn't like you. And that's out of a hundred, not hundreds of thousands of people that we're able to reach now. Right. And I think there's just this biological drive that we have that's mixed with this unrealistic expectation of responsibility that we take on ourselves to then be a seek of the approval of everyone that is watching yeah our, literally our everyone that's what we're looking for god why i don't know but i don't know it's if also <laughs> facebook I, I saw the other day and I, I thought this was super interesting someone posted and I, I wish i remember who it was but they posted if you're scroll and take it how you want but like if you're scrolling through your instagram feed and you're not double tapping every picture why are you following that person yeah and like not to say that you need to like every single picture that's posted, but it is a good reminder to ask yourself, why am I following this person? And one of the most popular emails I sent out to my VIP list had to do with, I think it, I think the subject line was stop following so many people. And I told people to do like a social media purge. And I told them- I do it every like few months. You'll notice dude, like, so I'll go from important. like 500 down to 300 and somehow months later, I'm up back up to fucking 500. And it's just like, dude. Why am I keep, why do I keep doing this? Yeah, why, you have to ask yourself when you, realistically, come on, like, most people are following at the very, very, very least a few hundred people. And granted, a, a handful of them are probably friends, colleagues, family. Celebrities you look up to. Yeah, and that's fine for the entertainment value. So each person you follow, you're, you're either getting something uh, of entertainment, you're getting some value through education, inspiration but what about the other hundreds of people that you're following for what reason yeah when you just scroll through your feed 100 miles an hour it's like what's the point so i think there yes we do you're going to follow some people that you're not going to get value from you're not going to get whatever from but i i think it's a good idea to to look through your friends list and look through the people you're following and ask yourself like why am i following this person what's the real reason and i also think a lot of it is they're scared to hit that unfollow button well, I've gotten DMs from. <laughs> Why do you want to follow me? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, well, because there, you know, there's these apps that you can track. Yep. Like, which I you could see who it, deadly to your psychological state. Isn't that sad though? So yeah. sad. But it's yeah, I get DMs if I unfollow. You know, go through a purge. Let's say I'll get a, a you know at least a few DMs. You know, if I unfollow a couple hundred people, I'll get a few of those people that are just like, hey man, did I do something wrong? Like, did I post something that you hated? Uh, it meant a lot to me that you followed me. Um, and so I, to a degree, I think it like, I remember how much of a big deal it was to me back in 2014, after I earned my, my pro card that the next morning I woke up and I refreshed my like notifications and was just like, cons you know, looking at notifications and looking at things that whatever, cause as I, I just posted that you know, the thing of it, Hey, I just my pro card. It was such a big moment of my life. And I woke up to a notification that said like, Steve cook is now following you. And it was like, that meant the world to me. <laughs> that truly meant the world to me. And it gave me so, it gave me this almost like badge of honor of confidence of like, all right. And to, you know, I don't know where that meant. Like it could have just meant like, ah, oh, kid was shredded. Look good, man. I wonder what he's up to. Like he's young. I'll, maybe I'll follow him and you know, make his day. I don't know. Like, I don't know what his intent behind that was, but to me, that, that meant a lot. And so to that degree, I think there's a level of 
why I continue to follow people. I'll kind of come across them when I'm doing these purges and I'm just like, nah, I can't, I can't bring myself to unfollow this person. Cause it's just like, they DM me as soon as I follow them, they DM me and it was like the life changing experience. And it was just like, nah, I can't, I can't unfollow this person. <laughs> like there's, it, it honestly means, and it, I'm not discrediting it because I, I felt this and it's real and I, I'm not discrediting it at all, but there's that drive for sure. Yeah. And, and listen, I'm not telling people unfollow everyone or only have followed 20 people that are closest to you in your life. No, like, it's, it's okay. It's to an follow. important message you're putting out though. Yeah. You know what it is? And I think one of the problems is that people feel obligated to stay up to date on what's been posted, right? So they need to tap through every single story until they get to the last one. Or Instagram even tells you you're all caught up now, right? As you scroll down and you always want to be caught up because you don't want to miss out on something. And when you're following more and more people, it takes longer and longer to catch up. So now you're spending so much time going through stories, going through feeds. And this is, I'm talking about one platform on social media. Look at YouTube. If you're subscribed to 50 channels and people are uploading, they're uploading 20 minute videos and you sometimes feel obligated to keep up to date with what's going on in their life. And you, now you've, let's say out of those 50 channels, you want to keep up with five people and they post 20 minute videos. You're literally spending hours each day. And then over the course of the week, in the course of a month, I mean, you're spending a big chunk of your life just keeping up with someone else's life. Like, and then you feel somewhat, about, yeah. And then you feel somewhat, sorry to interrupt there. I, I feel, no, it's cool. But what does that do to, cause I think this is the, and this is, I don't know if you've read Mark Manson's most recent book, everything is fucked, but it kind of like lays out um, the proposition of the time where we're most connected and also at the same time, the most lonely Yes. I thought it was super interesting. Again, sorry, now I'm interrupting No, no you. I wasn't actually going to, I was just, yeah, go but ahead. How he talks about how, you know, he wrote these books, became the New York Times bestseller, and then he was the loneliest he's ever been and went into a depression. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. And like, listen, I'm guilty of this too. I, I follow more people than I need to. I consume more content than I should. And um, it's just a message that I'm sharing, and you know, sometimes when I put it out there and I share it with others, it's a reminder to myself. Like I was saying earlier, yeah, it's, I'm speaking to my, like most of the time when I say something, I'm talking to myself. Yeah. Like I need to hear this as much as you are. So I'm not preaching. If anything, I'm preaching to the choir of, look, man, I get it. This is something I need to work on too. And this is kind of why I'm saying it out loud. I'm putting it into the universe. This needs to change and I need to stop, stop doing it. Yeah, that's, I think that's, What's so important about having these conversations is as much as we want to maybe get the word out to help other people, we're really helping ourselves as well. We're sharing the shit that we're going through. Like we're telling people what to do and we should always be taking our own advice. And this, like after this conversation, <laughs> I'll probably go through some social media and get rid of a few people. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I say this to every, you know, I, I, I say this all the time, this podcast is a selfish endeavor for me. Like this is a passion project for me. This is a selfish endeavor of getting to speak to people like you for an hour, you know, or, or however long, you know, over the course of the next however many years I do it. You know, it's, it, it gives me this opportunity to, to talk through these things and otherwise make a human connection that I never otherwise would have been able to do with someone that I look up to or, or, or respect or admire. So, you know, it's, it goes back to, the first question that I, we posed on this, this episode and what effects is our new levels, our new 
avenues of communication going to have in this lost art of depth and communication and human connection that we've always been driven by, I think. And that's now being taken, taken the place of, you know, instead of having five deep conversations over the course of the week, you have 200 very low level conversations or you have, you have 20, let's make that seem a little bit more reasonable. So you, instead of having two coffee dates this week, you have 20 DM conversations you're, you're kind of having over social. And it's not even drawing back to, you know, I'm, I'm kind of answering the question of people, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help these people like answering their questions, like, you know, what about macros, blah, blah, blah. But it's more or less like these are acquaintances or people that you've otherwise wanted to keep up with or have conversations with. You have 20 of those going in your DMs. I, I, and this is, I'm speaking from experience here. I know I feel better instead of having those 20 conversations in my DMs. I either have two of those conversations over the phone like you and I did, or if there's someone local or someone closer in my friend circle, like that I truly know on a level of like, you live really close to me, we should connect. Like I would rather meet one of those people for coffee in that week. And it's like, you come out of that experience feeling so much better, so much more connected as a, as a human. And from, from just a person, like a personality perspective and, and being able to almost resolve and talk through things that otherwise you need to go to go deep. And I, I think, I don't think there's, this is something I just thought of. And I don't think there's a, I don't think this is by coincidence that it takes up into the point where you're about 30, 40 minutes into a podcast where people, it, the conversation really starts to take a, a turn of depth. And I think there's a, there's a certain threshold of how we communicate with each other that really kind of breaks that down of like, we need enough depth within a conversation to reach a level of whether that's trust, whether that's just cadence, whether that's just being on the same page, whether that's whatever it is, but to truly dive, like, you know, you and I had that three hour conversation over the phone, you know, like about an hour in, you know, past the point of like catching up, you know, like what are you been up to and like blah, blah, blah. Like how's the weather in New York? Like, or New Jersey. Do you live in New Jersey? No, New, New York. York. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Sorry. And how's the weather in New York? So it's like an hour in the last two hours of that conversation, we were able to go really deep because we, we spent that upfront time almost like getting to that point. And I think that's the luxury of long form content via podcast. And that's where like you, I, I, you know, I, I heard Rogan kind of just, talk uh talk about this on a podcast where he doesn't like to do he used to do like tv show like the daily show or the you know the late show with you know whoever whoever was hosting at the time he used to do all these shows and like get a lot of reach via television but he said that's a he that's a terrible way to to communicate that's a terrible format like no one feels comfortable speaking in that long like that's not one it's not long form it's very short clips then you got to work on the audience like you're just playing to commercial breaks or advertisements that you have to be able to sneak in or like there's already a format and a setup to that conversation that's why a big part of this podcast and this this thing is like having a long form conversation over what kind of whatever comes up whatever we kind of like feel inspired to talk about or whatever kind of gets brought up that we want to dive deeper into and so i I think that's there's no 
I guess I'm just thinking through and, and making a correlation between, I don't think there's, there's coincidence to, or I think, yeah, I don't think there's, I don't know how I'm trying to say that, but I don't think there's coincidence to the fact that, you know, every podcast that I have is around an hour, hour and a half. And about 30 minutes in, the conversation takes a real turn. And it really starts to go deep, deep, deep. And the longer we go, the deeper it gets, the deeper it gets. And it's just like, you can't have these type of conversations over text or DM or short video responses back and forth. You just can't. Yeah, especially since everyone, you know, when you read text, you don't know how they're actually trying to say that or The intent that behind it is, yeah. It gets lost and you, you never know. Someone might be super excited, but they just don't show it with exclamation points and emojis. Maybe they're driving and they shouldn't yeah. have been texting you, but they're stoked. Exactly. Or they just, they, they speak to text and it's like, ah, oh, I've got to say exclamation point. Yeah. And that's the beauty of like long, long form, especially audio podcast style content is that like you said, the first, whether it's 20 or 30 minutes, it, it's a little bit introductory, but it's raw and unfiltered with no real direction. Even if you had interview questions set up ahead of time, that doesn't mean that the podcast is going to be structured as far as what we dive into. Maybe there's topics that we talk about, but the depth that we get into, that can't be planned. No. It's really just feeding off of one another, which we've been doing for the last hour and 15 minutes. So Yeah. Yeah, which, which is, again, why I love doing this, man. So what's what? I got a couple things that I want to address, um, and then we'll wrap today up. But one, the first thing would be, what is going on in your world? I remember... Like, what are you excited about? So like, this could be anything too. And I remember last time we were, we were talking, you were, you were working on a couple of different projects. So what's, what's kind of going on in the world of Maddie? Yeah. One of the big things I was working on for actually quite a few years was my own coaching software. I've always been just super simple Excel and Dropbox and that's cool. It worked for six years, but I wanted to create like a different experience for the client because I realized that. This is going back to what we talked about earlier, where we're not talking to our peers, right? When we're trying to help someone, especially a client, they obviously need our help a lot of times on the more basic level. So I like fancy spreadsheets. I like all that data. I think that shit's cool. But my client, what they think is cool is maybe losing 20 pounds. They like the results. The results exactly. are dope. Exactly. <laughs> give me That's results. That's what they want. They don't <laughs> yeah. give a shit about how we get there. They don't want to see all the all the spreadsheets and all the all the data compiled and that was cool to me. So I was always working with these spreadsheets and over time I realized like, I need to simplify this for them to make it as easy as possible. And I finally, just this past weekend, launched a coaching software to test with a few new clients and I'm really excited for that, where I think it can go. Uh, it will allow me to, I believe have a greater reach. And one thing I'll never ever do is I will never suffer my quality of coaching for quantity of clients. It's just, right. I don't believe in that. Um, but the software allows me to communicate with them more effectively and efficiently. So that's something I'm excited for to really build that up. And aside from that, like I said, man, just take the second half of this year to start creating and not necessarily stop consuming because I do enjoy that, but to really get get my word out there, talk about what I want to talk about and go back to why I started this all to help people. So yeah, whether that's in the form of, you know, picking the camera back up for YouTube, starting a podcast, starting to integrate just more personality, even, you know, Instagram videos or IGTV so people can hear me talk and not just a static post every so often. So yeah, I would say that's one of your biggest in terms of 
assets for you, man. It's like, you know, you're, you're this, you're this raw, authentic guy from New York that you sound like you're from New York. Like you, 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 you bleed, um, from here. Like I bleed, I bleed like Northeast coast of the U S like, and that's like, that's a cool thing. Um, because I would say like, I have a very, me per like I have a very neutral accent tone, like very, like very mid-level of like, there's nothing that you, you really couldn't tell necessarily where I am from. That's true. So for you though, like that's part of you. This is your personality. This is like you come off and especially like I've heard you in videos, like when you kind of get into your groove, like more of that comes out, like more of that East coast, like really starts to show. And that's, that part of it is like true and authentic to you. And it's entertaining, um, to the degree of, of just being you, man. And I, I think, I definitely think, um, I think being able to, uh, to start a podcast for yourself would be huge. Um, and like, I, I got inspired by being on someone else's podcast to start this podcast. Uh, my buddy, Matt, who, who does the more than fitness podcast. Um, I, I was on his podcast and he, and I was like, man, I really love, I've had this idea and I really love the way you've set this up, man. And he's like, yeah. So when's your, when's your podcast coming out? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's just like, <laughs> you know, like it was like, all right, like what, let's do it, man. And you, and that's why like, I got linked up with, uh, you know, our production guy and you know, that's been a blessing. And, and so it, it's really allowed me to, to create this medium, not only that I enjoy, but you know, there's, there's a group of, of people that download it every, every week and that, that thoroughly enjoy, I think, listening to it. And that gives me a lot of fulfillment. It gives me this opportunity to talk, but it also gives me, and I think this is something that you could really take advantage of. And we have these deep networks, right? You have this reach, but you also have this deep network of individuals that you know, and you've been connected with over the past six, seven, eight years. That's just like, you know, collaborate, like we were talking about collaborating is hard, even more so nowadays, because now there's so many more facets of what goes into a collaboration, what's expected, um, the travel, the time, the consideration for all, all these other things. That's a lot of you're asking for someone's time. And that's a big ask in today's world, you know, but the podcast is much easier, right? Cause we're both yeah. at home. We both take an hour and a half out of our, our mornings here to essentially have this, uh, uh, great conversation and, we hang up and we go about our day. And, and if it was like, that's where I think for me, especially is, you know, I, for my, myself personally, is I have this deep network of individuals that I'm, I'm affiliated with or know, or have met or have gone to this relationship with, but there was no real way for me to kind of like ask, um, that seemed conducive to my schedule, their schedule, the respect of everything else, uh, not only on my half, but also their, their behalf. And so that's why I think the podcast was like really great for me and being able to like really start to have these conversations with people and get them on like you and, and get you on and actually have this conversation that we otherwise never would have had. Yeah. Um, and I love the the direction that you decided to go with this. You know, it's, listen, it, it's interesting to hear people talk about their fitness and nutrition journey, but we've heard it, you know, and, and not to take away from anyone who's doing that style of podcast and who's interviewing these people. I mean, who knows if, if that person being interviewed wants to talk about this thing again? I mean, it's, it's a great, it's great for exposure to reach a new audience, to share their personal journey. But 
for me, like having this conversation with you and not talking about me and what it was like when I was overweight and self-conscious, like sometimes I don't want to have that conversation. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll happily be a guest on anyone's podcast. And if that's the direction you want to go, that's cool. But I, I really like that you're someone who you're a coach, you're extremely knowledgeable with fitness and nutrition, but you've decided to step outside of that for this project. And that's the direction that I would want to go. I just feel like I have a decent amount of life experience. So I feel like yeah. I have a lot more to offer than just talking about macros and you know, progressive overload all day. And I think the effect you have on others too is, is much greater. And I think showing one of the coolest things I've been able to find after these, these first 12 episodes that I've recorded, you're number 13, is what always kind of comes back full circle to fitness and how we view, you know, fitness or nutrition or, or whatever. And the philosophies within is there's this life beyond fitness that plays an account a very, very large account into not only the people we we become, but the coaches we become, the content we discuss, and the motives behind it, and the inspiration behind it. And there's all of those things that have led to your life beyond fitness have led you to become who you are within fitness. And to me, that was the driving force and also the selfish endeavor of being able to leverage this podcast to have conversations with people, but also that, what I just said. Um, so that, that was the, those are the two main drivers, man. One, one being unselfish, but the second one being selfish. And I think that keeps me doing the podcast because I selfishly get something out of it, but it keep, also keeps me doing the podcast because other people get something out of it. Um, but I appreciate that, man. It's been really fun for me. It's been able to, to unlock and it's at least an hour and a half, an hour, an hour and a half that I get with people that, you know, the funk that I was in, like, I feel better now after this conversation and coming out of the funk that I was in yesterday and kind of this morning. So win-win. Yeah, no, I think it's awesome what you're doing. And I think it's, like you mentioned earlier with the 20 DMs versus one or two, you know, coffee conversations and just being able to have that longer form deep. I think we need that. We spend too much time, like, digitally talking to people. We spend too much time with our face buried in electronics. And yes, we're on, you know, electronics right now, but the fact that we're having this conversation that's longer than two minutes and longer than a few words or emojis is like, it's super powerful. And we don't always get that, you know, as people who work from home and we spend most of our time emailing back and forth with clients or creating content for people to consume on their phones or their computers, it's nice to step outside of that. And I don't get to do it as often as I'd like. So. Yeah. And that was a big driving. Like, I think there was a part of me and this was kind of like early part of one of my biggest inspirations in 2019 or biggest projects for myself personally was have more good conversations with good people. That was the point. And that was really the culmination and one of the driving, for again, another driving force of this podcast was like, okay, how do I do that though? Because it's hard to reach out to people, you know, like the guests I've, the, the other 12 guests, you know, so the 13 total, including yourself that I've had on this podcast, if I reached out to you, like there's, there's a small chance that we get to have that conversation or a matter of when, but the podcast helps kind of bridge the gap between well, within the next couple of weeks, man, when, when is an hour you would be able to share with me to then spread to the world? Because then we're getting, you know, kind of the two, there's some stones and birds involved, right? Two birds with one stone, however many stones or birds you want to 
have in your in your story. But as a whole, I think it's a powerful thing. And I think it that was another driving force for me was having more good conversations with good people because earlier in the year, as I was in a I was in a rut, was I think my wife asked, like, when's the last time you had a conversation with someone? Like truly, like reached out to another dude and or person and just talk to them. And I was like, honestly, I don't know. You don't even remember, yeah. I don't remember. I don't, I did not remember. I don't know last time that I had a genuine conversation outside of rep sets, rest periods, periodization, uh, nutritional programming, like outside of the realm of what I do for a job. When's the last time I actually had a conversation with someone around these things, around topics that I, I care a lot about and life outside of fitness and um, things that are happening. And I, I compare our current way of communicating is like, imagine you you had to go to a speed dating conference every day of your life. Like that was the level of depth you got to know someone. You were just speed dating. Like you got two minutes, go. After two minutes is up, leave that chair, go, in for, go to the next chair, you're in front of a new person. You're just speed dating. Like your DMs is speed dating. Your text messages are just Actually, speed dating. Actually, I like that analogy. You're just speed dating everyone yeah. you meet in your life. And it's like, this not only is exhausting and the amount of drain you have on your bandwidth of attention and compassion, but also just the fact of you're just speed dating a bunch of different people. And I don't remember who I even liked, <laughs> you know, like who did I could actually connect with here? Yeah. I don't it remember. Like, there was too many. meaningful, man. Like, yeah. It almost feels like an obligation to to respond to DMs to get rid of the notification. And it's just quick, 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 yeah. quick. And it's like the thing about this, like you said, reaching out to people and, and giving a few weeks in advance, there's something about that commitment, making that time commitment that you know that it's going to be meaningful because you have actually scheduled this into your day and you set time aside for it. Yeah, there's nothing else. And I think there's nothing else that's powerful, more powerful, especially for me, that this feeling of... If we look at people like, let's let's stick with Gary Vee, right? Um, very, very notable figure, but also someone that's very easy to understand as he, most of his life, like professional life is on YouTube. So, um, and most of his philosophies are out there, right? So as a whole, how is it that Gary can be so intensely in the moment of what he's doing? Like, how does he, so every 10, like every 10 to 15 minute block of his day is has a purpose. And I think one of the most powerful things of, this is one of the most powerful things I think of having an assistant and unloading things off of your plate and why I think there's a time where like physique development just hired our first virtual assistant for the team. And it's unloading a lot of things that way, that time otherwise spent trying to collect and do all these other tasks is now spent doing work that we know this is the time to do it. Like I know this hour and a half, however long it is, like I know this hour and a half was, was meant to speak to you. And I, this is all I have to do right now. Everything else, notifications are off. My phone is on airplane mode. Uh, everything on my computer is turned off in terms of notifications that I could get. Like nothing else right now is supposed to be happening other than what is happening, other than you and I speaking. And the amount, and this is where I think being refreshed by a conversation or being completely emotionally obliterated by a conversation. Like emotionally meaning you feel like you're just drained. Like you, you came out of that and you're just like, fuck, 
I want to take a nap, right? But but that's the difference between different conversations and feeling like knowing where you're supposed to be at that given moment and being fully committed in your attention, being 100% in the moment of being present is I know that I'm going to come out of this conversation and I've come out of the other 12 conversations I've had for this podcast with a new one nugget of at least one thing I've learned, one perspective of perspective I've gained from the guest, but also I'm in a better mood. Like I'm just all around, just more at ease and more at peace. Just it's like stimulating. From it. yeah. Like, you know, like you said, a, a lot of times conversations, especially when they're not deep or meaningful, they're fucking exhausting. It's almost like finally that shit's over. When, you know, our <laughs> yeah. first time we spoke, it, three hours went by and we literally had to say like, I think we should cut this off. Like we yeah, like I think I need to eat dinner now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm like, sun's going down on my end and like you were just about to have dinner and I'm like, you know, we have we have another day we can catch up. But when you're having that kind of conversation, man, it's like, you don't want it to end. Yeah, man, it's it's intoxicating. I think it's a good word for it. Yeah. It's stimulating, it's intoxicating. And God, it's just something that I think more people should do. And I had a review. So um, a buddy I went to high school with, um, I grew up with, reviewed the podcast and actually had a phone call with him. Um, and he said that he'd never listened one. He'd never listened to a podcast until he listened to my podcast. And he, I like being able to listen to my podcast has now turned him on to other great podcasts, which I'm, I'm sure like other great podcasts that deserve probably more attention, but like go listen to other things too. But being a, just knowing that, me putting out this content or this hour long, hour and a half long conversation was able to spark a new age of stimulation or intoxication for another person is, is amazing to me. But being he, his review was like, I just felt like I was, cause he has a job, which I think a lot of us, you know, like you and I, we have a job where we don't talk to many people. Actually, we talk to a lot of people, but not we don't have a lot of conversations that we want to actually have with people. We it's, it's a job. Like you're in, you're in short meetings all day long. So think of every email you send as a short meeting. Like that's a meeting for you. You're, you're copping in and out of different meetings with different subject matter, different questions, different problems that you have to resolve for someone. And ultimately he felt like he was a part of a conversation. Like he felt like he was just in the room with us having this conversation but like he didn't, maybe he was talking, like, I think he was like, yeah, I, I was just like, I was like talking to myself. Like I was a part of the conversation, like in the car on the way to work. Like I, I was like saying things like, oh man, I agree. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was just like, that's so fucking cool that you and I can have a conversation. And, but in the sense of like where, like he said, he has a job where he doesn't really get to talk to many people outside of people that just kind of like on the nine to five grind. They don't think about other things. They don't really talk about other things outside of work. And it's kind of just kind of like this steady tone of, yeah, I don't want to be here. Job sucks, work sucks, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, it's, 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 uh, it's disappointing. You know, it's just like, it's non-stimulating. It's non-intoxicating and being able to like be a part, a fly on the wall of a conversation that you feel like you're a part of was, was something that he really needed. And I think that's an amazing part that I think I needed more of. And that was a huge driving force, the podcast, like I keep mentioning. But yeah, just being in, being on the fly on the wall on many other people's conversations at least can help you be a part of something 
that creates a thought or critic like this the stimulation of critical thinking yeah i think it's important that you were as you using your word selfish with this project because it just brings that level of enjoyment you know some people start a podcast because they feel like that's what they need to do to grow their social like that's, that's what i did i was I, I was and that's so funny you brought that up i to this day was like i wanted to start a podcast in 2017 scratch that i'll, I'll regress i'll digress i I thought I needed to start a podcast in 2017. <laughs> I'll say that. I didn't want to. I was like, this is the next step. Everyone started podcasts. It's going to be about, it's going to be about training and nutrition. I'm going to bring on guests. We're going to talk about X, Y, and Z. And like I said, in the, the opening episode of this podcast, episode zero was, I'm not doing this because I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of those podcasts. I'm doing this because there's other greats that are doing it so well that I don't think we need another one. Like they're just good at it. And why do I need to be another person to do what I think would be a less adequate job at what they're doing at such a high level? And this is, I felt like this was an avenue I could come at to where maybe I could do this at a level no one else was doing. And so that was kind of my motivation there. But yeah, the selfish endeavor, definitely doing things for the right reason, I think helps. But yeah, yeah, I love it, man. What, um, so last question here. Sure. We'll wrap it up. This is the number two. So this is the, this is the last question that I ask everyone when I remember, I think I've only missed one person uh, <laughs> on this question. So, uh, out of 13 episodes, I've asked this 12 times. So I'm going to preface this with, I, I, I want to ask this question to the sense of everyone has things they're working on everyone, whether, you know, cause the people I have on the podcast are typically people that either I look up to respect or admire or that of which other people look up to respect or admire. And I think we get into this fixation of everything. They have everything figured out. They, they're not working on anything. They are perfect. And that is just so untrue. And I know you and I know that. And so that's why I like to ask this question. Okay. So that's the preface. So what is one thing you are working on personally? This could be this could be anything. Wow. I guess there's a lot, but if there's one thing, this is going to sound funny, but I would say it's to, to get myself to start with one thing. And that's kind of like a tagline that I use. And it's the tagline is pretty much start with one. And it's something that after doing this for so long, I realized that I've spent a lot of time trying to overhaul my life in a single day. And I'm looking at everything as black and white or nothing, trying to transport myself into the future. And the hardest thing to do is to start. And I've talked about this before where we we start worrying about stuff before we even try. Yeah. Because we're worried about perfection and we're we're already preparing ourselves to fail. And one thing that I want to do is start to embrace the uncertainty. So I've talked about starting a podcast. I've, I've talked about, you know, creating more content. And I don't want to wake up every day looking back and being upset that I, I never took action on something that I said I was going to do. So I encourage people, and I'm talking to myself here, to start with one thing. So if I want to get back to YouTube it's start with one video. If I want to record a podcast, I start with one episode. If I want to 
have more communication on a deeper level like you're doing right now, it's start with one DM or email and just asking for it. You know, because we just get so busy and we're getting pushed around every day by external factors and internal factors and life stress and friends and family and relationships. And a lot of that shit is out of our control. So it's our responsibility to take control. And I know, and you know, and most people know that movement builds momentum. So I say to start with one thing and let that action snowball into something that can probably be life-changing. So don't delay your gratification because you deserve better. And again, I'm talking to myself. The one thing that I want to work on is taking my own advice and embracing the uncertainty, just just doing something. What would happen if we all took our own advice? <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's nothing That's else. deep. <laughs> yeah, like I remember I posted that. Um, I posted that last, that would have been last year uh, when we were in, my wife and I were in Portugal for holiday. And I remember that's just kind of a time where I was trying to get through some things and from a mental, mental level. And, um, I remember posting, I remember, I remember, I remember the photo I posted it with, like what would happen if we all took our own advice? And so a mix between what you ended us with and that statement, take it. Yeah. That's so bad. It's going to be on my mind all day now, man. Write it down, man. Journal it. Like, Especially because we, again, as coaches, the, the conversations are like you said, the small business meetings that we have all day. We're constantly dishing out advice. I, I've been guilty of how many times have I told people the importance of not picking up your phone in the first 20 minutes of the day. And my fucking phone is on my bedside. That's what I do. Yeah. You know, I'm telling people, Two hours before bed, no screen time, no electronics. You're gonna interrupt your sleep. And what, I'm fucking under my cover scrolling through Instagram. Like, and these are just simple things. I'm talking about throughout the course of the entire day, we really do need to take our own advice sometimes, man. And just just trust yourself. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a great place, not only to end, but also just for the last piece of advice uh, of the podcast is, which is ironic because what I'm gonna say is, how about you stop taking in advice for a period of time, set a, set a week out of, of, let's say next, the rest of this week, let's just say the rest of this week after you listen to this, don't consume any other self-help, how do I get through this type of advice instead of when you're feeling in a place where you want to seek out this advice, look within and start asking yourself those questions. And whatever answers you find, roll with it. See if it works. See if it comes out on the on top. And I, I have a hunch that you're going to be surprised with the amount of knowledge that you already know. And you're going to come to a conclusion that is more impactful to your own circumstance than any other self-help guru or legitimate source of knowledge could offer hands down talk about a way to end man way to end it so ladies and gentlemen maddie fusaro where can people find you on the internet it's just at maddie fusaro on instagram on youtube on facebook on twitter yeah that's pretty much it awesome everything will be linked in the show notes guys thank you for listening 
And thank you, Maddie, for this amazing hour and 45-minute conversation. (laughs) Austin, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on. To everyone listening, thank you for your time and attention. And yeah, man, we could have kept this going, but I'm really happy we ended it on that note. That was perfect. Me too, man. Me too. Awesome, man. This has been the Life Beyond Fitness Podcast.